a key productive production. Welcome to the Tools They Use podcast. Interviews with professionals about how they use apps, software, habits, and routines every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Tools They Use podcast. It is Francesco here, and today we're very lucky to be joined by David Cadavy. Now, David is a best-selling author, podcaster, speaker, and creative productivity expert. His book, The Heart to Start, uncovers ways to beat procrastination and begin creating. His podcast, Love Your Work, that's where I found him, um, has over 1 million downloads and only recently passed 200 episodes. Um, So huge congrats on that one, David. Thank you so much, Francesco. It's good to be here. That's That's a wonderful introduction. Thanks. No, thank you. And and uh, have you got any exciting projects that I may have missed? Uh, out of, obviously, out of your long CV, <laughs> you know, sometimes I have so many that I don't even remember what they all are. Uh, but yeah, you hit the major, the major ones. Oh, that's good news. That is good news. Um, and uh, obviously, you work a lot um, in helping people to find um, and, and grow. I guess in not just their productivity, but their um, careers in terms of sort of forming and growing. And um, I guess, what does a typical day look like for you? Because um, I'm curious, because like you're a creator, uh, you're a publisher in that sort of sense. Um, what do you get up yeah. to during the day? So I basically just want to always be creating and that is why I do what I do. And that's, that's what I hope to help other people um, to, to help other people do. And so my typical day, I, I, one of the first things I do, or the first thing I do is I, I write while I'm still in bed. I write a uh, hundred words at least on a portable word processor. It's called a, an alpha smart, get them used on Amazon for about $50. And I just bang out a hundred words at least, uh, still with my sleeping mask on and you know sometimes it's a thousand or fifteen hundred or three hundred or but it's just at least a hundred so i don't so i actually do it meditate for 20 minutes and then um write so the first thing that is that's non-negotiable every day every weekday is to write on my most important project what i would call my front burner project and uh i do that standing up staring at a well at a bookshelf. I, I set it up on a, a bookshelf so I can stand up. And um, then my mo- entire morning is characterized by creating. And then I break for lunch. I don't eat breakfast, right? maybe 11 a.m. Or, or, or noon. And then in the afternoon, uh, that's where I'm more kind of getting things done mode of, um, you know, looking at email, which I try not to do in the morning and editing things or uh, making shippable projects happen. And then in the evenings, uh, I'll primarily try to fill it up with some reading if, if I can. So that's just some general stuff about what I'm typically up to during the day. Um, the, as far as what I'm producing, it's books, podcasts, um I'm working on some courses as well. So that is uh that is what I do. 
That is brilliant. It's uh, yeah, it's very content uh, creator focused there. Um, and uh, I, I, what I quite like is that your first half of the day is set out for that. Have you ever um, considered like I guess weekly th- themes or anything like daily oh, themes? Is yes. Very much so. That? I mean, when you ask me what I get to in, in a typical day, it is, it's kind of a trick question because while I do follow routines, I think daily routines are overrated, especially if you're trying to be creative. Um, so I follow kind of a weekly routine. And I think that we all kind of, we all do, but we don't necessarily recognize it, but I'm pretty strict about it in that, uh, Early in the day, I'm more apt to being creative, and then later in the day, I'm 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 less likely to be able to really create something. So I follow that in my daily routine, and, and that's similar for my weekly routine. Is that early in the week, I am more exploratory. I am more um, trying to create ideas and later in the week i'm refining those ideas or taking care of the bits and pieces that need to be uh taken care of in order to be able to make the space to be creative and so um i actually have seven different mental states that i organize my work by and there is a consistent relatively consistent flow throughout the week of when I'm best in those various mental states. So for example, on a Monday or Tuesday, I am, um, we can get in the mental states later, but I'm, I'm more into creating things and I have rules like no meetings on a Monday or Tuesday, unless it's incredibly important and I have no other option. So we're having this conversation on a Thursday Thursday is typically my day for doing any podcast interviews, whether I am uh, interviewing someone else or if somebody's interviewing me. Uh, After this, I'm going to have another podcast interview. And then this afternoon, I'm going to be recording uh, all of all the things that I need to record to ship next month's episodes. So I have what I call creative cycles that I work according to. on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, there are some cycles that are a little less formal that work on uh, three-month stretches. And and so I am always looking for those patterns and trying to find ways to harness whatever the natural ebb and flow is of my energy and also of the way that a, a creative project progresses so i you know daily routines are are just one little part of that and there's much uh larger routines on the outside of all that and and was this this sort of process that you've made for yourself was it made out of the feelings and sort of the results or was it made out of other people's inspiration to actually implement something like that well, it, it came from uh, necessity for me in that I am f- just hopelessly driven to create things. It feels very good to put something out into the world. It feels very bad when I'm not putting something out into the world or when I want to create a thing, but I just can't muster the time or the energy or the motivation to do it. 
And so this all really came to a head after I wrote my first book, uh, Designed for Hackers, in that I basically got a book deal with when I wasn't even a writer. Uh, I mean, I had a blog and I had written on it a bit here and there for six years, but then I got this opportunity to write a book and I didn't want to pass it up. And when that book was finally done, I looked down at it and thought to myself, all right, two things are very clear. I'm going to want to do this again. Uh, just knowing my nature, knowing that I want to create things and and knowing how wonderful it felt to to complete that. But second, that I couldn't do it the way that I had been doing it, which was brute force, which was just cut out everything for six months and lock myself in my apartment for a Chicago winter and uh, bang my head against the wall for 12 hours a day just hoping to get that little 15 minute burst of of writing where suddenly I would write an entire chapter in 15 minutes or so. So I began to wonder, well, is there a way to do that that's a little more pleasant, that's a little more sustainable, that is a little more sane? Can I just sit down and do my 15 minutes of writing and then get on with the rest of my day? And so that began this journey of being very fascinated uh, with my creative energy and with how I arrive at that state where you have those 15 minutes of uh, flow, you might call it. And so I started to look at behavioral science research and neuroscience research. And I came to the conclusion that creative productivity is very different from your typical productivity. Uh, creative productivity isn't so much about time management as it is about mind management. It is about achieving that state at which you are able to achieve insight and then also being able to take those ideas and turn them into shippable products and doing that over and over again. And so that's what I've been obsessed with for the last several years. It ended up getting me connected with uh, a behavioral scientist that a lot of listeners are probably familiar with uh, named Dan Ariely, who wrote an amazing book called Predictably Irrational, as well as some other books. And he and I ended up collaborating on an app called Timeful. Uh, I was the design advisor to Timeful. And uh, I really got a chance to play with this idea of mental states and, and how I saw creative work happening. Um, and Timeful ended up selling to Google, and so Google has implemented some of those features uh, into their Google Calendar app. And then um, more recently, not terribly recently, uh, about four years ago, I moved down to Medellin, Colombia, which I had identified as just the perfect place for me to tune these systems and ways of thinking and habits that I had been thinking about uh, and to create sort of a cohesive way of, of being and, and, and way of consistently putting creative work out there uh, such that every little action I take feeds some other action that continuously drives forward creative projects and gets them out into the world. And so that, that uh, I started about four years ago and I'm 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 really uh, 
hitting a rhythm with that where I'm shipping books. I've got a lot of short reads that are out. I have my most recent uh, full-length book is The Hard to Start, as you as you mentioned. I've got my podcast coming out every week. We're 200 episodes in. I have that down to a s- system. I have a uh, weekly newsletter called Love Mondays, and I'm consistently creating. I'm cons- consistently doing the activities that I enjoy with the right mix, and out of that is coming these products, and it is uh, improve in and my skills in creating those things are in, improving as well. Uh, and my, my work is getting more recognition. I have the honor of being on podcasts like this one. And, uh, and I'm doing my best now to try to share what I've learned uh, through that journey that is now about eight years in the making. Yeah, blimey, eight years. And and I, I think, like, as you said that, like, you're iterating this um, creative process and, and, uh, almost uh, templatizing it every single day and, and improving it. Um, and it's something that I'm, I'm definitely looking into. And, and uh, I think that actually really helped with the sort of conceptualizing how you can do that. Um, and, and obviously you mentioned there, um, you know, Timeful, that was a big, big project. And, and one of the things we focused on uh, a lot here on tools I use is the tool side of stuff. Obviously, we 100% believe that methodologies overrules tools, but it's always good to hear what tools people use. Um, maybe you can take us through a, a couple of the apps and, and the softwares that help um, when it comes to going through yeah, this absolutely. creative process. So probably the main ones, uh, the one I spend the most time in would be Evernote, which is probably uh, not new. Probably a lot of people feel that way. Um, I think that a lot of people also struggle to begin using Evernote. And uh, I I did, but I think of it as like cell division. I basically made a a note called a notebook called Inbox and a note called Inbox, and I started putting things in there. And then every time I felt like something needed to break off into its own thing, I made a new note, or I made a new notebook, or now I have stacks of notebooks, and that is where I keep documentation about my little brainstormings on systems people call them sops standard operating operating procedure documents but that's way more formal than what a lot of these things are um but it is i have these notes that i can refer to every time i do a process that i've done before and i can improve upon those notes and that just takes a lot of cognitive load off of things it's it's my main project management thing i i work uh, almost completely independently. And so if I have a big project that is a, uh, I guess I'd call it a front burner project, not a project that I that's repeatable, such as the, the, the podcast. And there's a lot of things going on that I aren't, that I'm not uh, familiar with, or I don't necessarily know the process I'm going to follow. That will be in, in Evernote. And then the sort of back burner projects um basically i try to make everything i can as repeatable as possible this was a hard learned lesson was that a a business is is repeatable processes that produce a product um and while every podcast episode is different every book is different uh every newsletter is different there are underlying processes that i can follow and I can get more 
production out of the same resources and out of less uh, mental energy and less work if I create processes. And that frees me up to continuously stack uh, new things into my my uh, ecosystem or things that I create. So what I use for everyday task management is Todoist. And when I saw Todoist, I was instantly in love because I actually have um, mock-up documents from well over a decade ago, maybe 15 years ago, for something that I would dreamed up that I called uh, GTDML. And it was the, Id- the idea was that you could have code that you would write uh, that would be like task, uh, due date, context uh, to go with GTD, and you know maybe some tags or something like that. And then there would be a, a, a graphical user interface that would suck it up and you could uh, splice it and dice it and view it in different ways. Well, Todoist is essentially that in that uh, the input is very uh, is very smooth. You can create labels um, or projects just by typing or the due date just by typing. And also, I love that you can create repeatable things. So I can say every first Monday of each month, I'm going to uh, brainstorm my uh, my income report, for example. And then on top of that, I also have spreadsheets that I have in Google Google Sheets where there are some things with Todoist that I'm not able to to do just by typing in every first Wednesday. Like for example, it's the second to last Thursday of the month that we're in right now. And the second to last Thursday of the month we're in right now means that I'm going to be in the studio today recording my podcast for uh, everything that I need to record for the next month. And so there's not really an easy programmatic way to do that, but an assistant can uh, determine what is the second to last Tuesday, enter that into the spreadsheet. That'll create CSVs and put in some other variables for you know episode, what the episode is, what the episode number is, etc. And that will create a CSV that can then be imported into Todoist. And then I will have processes or, or tasks that I know that I can follow and I can arrive at completed episodes. So um, Evernote and Todoist are the two apps that I spend the most time in and that, that I that I do the most with in terms of tools. Fantastic. And and what do you think of the, the I'm not sure whether you've got it yet, the latest update of Todoist. Have you found that it hinders or or improves your productivity? It's only been oh, a couple of days. <laughs> I am looking at it right now. I don't really see what's uh, different. Uh, there's some interface stuff that looks different. Yeah, really, it's not that different apart from, uh, I'm not sure whether you've got task views there and the way that you can interact with subtasks oh. and things like that, but um, it really depends on what version you're on. <laughs> but they've they've tweaked the way that, I guess, the, um, the underlying structure, you can add like things like sections and, and it's a little oh. bit faster and task I'll views. I'll have to check that out. I, I spend <laughs> a little bit of time here and there on the uh, Todoist subreddit. Um, I, you know, years ago, I spent a lot of time investigating tools and spending more time investigating productivity tools than than I did actually producing things. And and now I probably 
talk about productivity more than, <laughs> I mean, if I didn't talk about productivity, I probably wouldn't be producing a whole lot. Um, so I, I need to, to revisit that. I will say that one thing that I love about Todoist and the, the, one of the major things that made me fall in love with it besides just being able to type things as if it were code is, um, is that idea of labels. Um, because as I've mentioned, I have these seven mental states that, uh, uh, that I call them the seven mental states of, of creative work that I follow and that there are ebbs and flows and sort of buckets throughout the week where I want to inhabit certain mental states. And so with these labels, I'm able to, with every task, just make a label for that mental state. So if I ever find myself in say, like there's, um, explore mental state is, is one of them where you are not necessarily trying to drive towards some sort of goal. You're exploring ideas. I even categorize very loose brainstorming as exploration because it helps put me in the right, um, mindset that I'm not trying to produce something that's super uh, polished. So if, if I'm in that mental state, uh, say just after I finished, um, something major, then, uh, and I'm in that moment, that dangerous moment in between tasks or after you finish the task where you can very easily um, get sidetracked thinking about what to do next. I can just click on the explore label and there will be a bunch of tasks there that I can do that fit the mental state that I'm in, the mental context, uh, if you wanted to use uh, GTD parlance. And that's one of my, I guess, final questions for you is is like that whole methodology side of stuff. So you use the the mental state stages right um but do you use like a, a principle like gtd or anything like that to sort of channel your productivity or or that has channeled your productivity yeah, absolutely in the past? Uh, actually this idea of mental states i view as going right on top of gtd or, or getting things done which is that i i i think about context i think about next actions um I, I love this idea of uh, mind like water or that things are flowing into the, into the right places and that you're appropriately engaged with your ideas, um, which is ultimately w what's important for, for making creative work happen is that you are capturing any ideas that you have when you have them. And they're all in a place where you can trust that if and when it's relevant, you're going to be able to resurface that idea. Uh, and part of it is, is also being appropriately engaged with those ideas so that you you have things that, yeah, you're thinking about it. Yeah, you wrote it down, but you haven't committed to doing anything about it. Um, it's just you can just trust that it is there in case you you need it. And I've talked to David Allen about this on my podcast a, a couple of times. And, um, you know, his main conclusion or, or where where he where GTD ends off is well you're a naturally creative person gtd helps you free up that creative energy what you do with that creative energy is up to you um where the things that i've been thinking about pick up are with that creative energy what about that can you uh manage that as a resource your creative energy can you manage your creative energy as a resource just as you would manage time for example, is, hmm. and that's a little misleading because 
time is finite and creative energy is not necessarily finite. Like if you're playing it, it might feel like it's finite. It might feel like, oh, that's all I can do. And I guess ultimately it kind of is somewhat finite, but there you can find more creative energy by taking certain actions that then boost your energy. But if you're, so if you're, if you are working with the ebbs and flows of your creative energy, then you can get a lot more output out of, uh, out of the same amount of resources. And David Allen himself will say, it doesn't take any time to have an idea. Um, and so that's relatively infinite. I mean, you have to be able to produce those ideas and turn them into something. And so that is where this idea of mental states or, or mental contexts picks up where I feel GTD leaves, leaves off. And that's um, what I have built that on top of. And, uh, you know, GTD certainly enables that um, sort of state of relaxed control, as David Allen would say, uh, whereas being attuned to mental states builds on top of that and gives you a sense that whatever idea I have, I can trust that it's going to go in the right place, that I'm going to be able to appropriately engage with it, that I'm going to be able to turn it into some sort of shippable product, and that I'm not going to burn myself out or beat myself up in the process. Yeah, and I really like the, I guess, like you're, once you go through this GTD process and, and overlay those stages, you're actually taking full advantage of the resource at the end and not just sort of leaving it uh, to sort of run away <laughs> right, from itself. Exactly. Um, and, and I will say also that, that the weekly review is a huge part of what I, what I do is that there's one of the mental states is prioritize. Prioritization is one of these things that we find ourselves doing uh, throughout the day. It's extremely energy hungry. It uses the prefrontal cortex a lot to switch from, say, trying to be creative to trying to prioritize and switching back and forth is a huge waste of energy. It's like shifting the gears on your car over or your bicycle over and over again, and you're, you're not getting anywhere. So trying to focus uh, your usage of your prioritize energy is very important in creating the space to be creative, to be in a sense of uh, a state of reverie. So that weekly review is uh, that I do on every Sunday afternoon is some time that I get to spend in that prioritize mental state. That's interesting that you went for a Sunday afternoon. Is there any like um, reasoning to that? I well, guess? it's Sunday afternoon. That's my, um, it's more of a person. It's, I spend, I do my weekly review is, is mostly, taking care of personal stuff. Um, it's mostly taking care of um, what is going to allow me to be in a state where I don't feel like there's a bunch of stuff falling through the cracks and that I can concentrate on my work. Now, Sunday afternoon, I see that as um, I want to have recovered from my week because my creative energy has been tapped out throughout the week you know by friday afternoon that's when i have uh that's when i do say my administrate mental state that's all these different um 
odds and ends that have to be taken care of, review these financial statements or sign these documents, et cetera. I save all that for Friday afternoon. And so I, that gives me Friday evening, Saturday, Sunday morning to replenish my energy to uh, recharge, which is another one of the mental states uh, that I think of. And so then when I'm recharged, when I'm refreshed, when I have that relaxation behind me, that's when I have the, the, the best mental energy to think about priorities. Now, if I am prioritizing in my business, which I don't tend to do a lot of sort of weekly review in my business because I'm always trying to make it repeatable. And so that way I don't have to think so much about the priorities. But during the times when I am doing that, I instate what I call a prefrontal Monday. And that is named after the prefrontal cortex, which is uh, you know, the part of our brain that does that prioritization and planning. And Monday is a great time to do that because um, you know some people's weekends aren't relaxing. I try to make them relaxing and uh, I, I come back to work refreshed. I have, I'm, I'm disconnected from the things that I was maybe concerned about on, on Friday that might've been things that I didn't need to be concerned about. And I will make it a point to try to go as long as I can, if I can the whole day without touching my computer, without touching an electronic device and, and simply writing in a journal and, and thinking at a 30,000 foot view about what is going on in my business or whether it's a journal or I lately I like like a whiteboard that I can you know just hold on my lap and uh, and just think about prioritize uh, priorities on, on um, and on those prefrontal Mondays and I don't think it's any mistake that when Steve Jobs was the CEO of Apple that he had an executive a three-hour executive meeting every Monday morning where all the different executives from various parts of the company would get together and they would really cut out the fat and decide what they're going to do, what they're not going to do just as important, if not more important. And, uh, I don't, I don't think it's any mistake that that was on, on Monday morning. Cause that's, that's, uh, uh, the best, the yeah. best time to see things okay. from that view. Yeah, good. And it sets the standard for the week as well. Um, I really like the way you've called it pre prefrontal Mondays. That's quite a nice, uh, it's a little name. I think when you give names yeah. to things, it makes it um, well, a lot more rich. I'd like to well. add too, because you were asking about, um, you know, working with units of time, such as a week. Uh, another one that I like to use, I call the week of want. And that is an entire week where I try to clear as much stuff off of my plate as I can. And I just try to connect with, reconnect with what I want to do is that we so often, when we get caught up in our projects, um, start thinking about things that we should do and we, we lose sight of, okay, what do I really want to do? And it's, it's difficult to clear the plate. Uh, it's, it's actually been a while since I've, since I've done this, but um, it is a, uh, an entire week where I spend as much time as I can in the explore mental state that it is exploration. I'm not trying to produce anything. I'm just trying to think about what's interesting to me. What do I want to read? What do I want to write about? And that has been very fruitful. Uh, one thing that came out of a week of want uh, was a blog post called Productivity is About Mind Management, Not Time Management, 
basically the basis of what I've been doing the last uh, eight years or so. And that was the blog post that uh, behavioral scientist Dan Ariely read that uh, led to him reaching out to me, Mm -hmm. which led to me being part of a company that was sold to Google and and led to a a surprise paycheck. Um, So (laughs) we are, this is one of the unique things about operating in the world where you are trying to be creative is that while I try to make my actions consistent, the results are going to be inconsistent or, or lumpy or volatile is that there's just going to be times when you have a big spike in success. And then most of the time you're not most of the time you're not seeing those, those results. Um, and, and so you have to give yourself the space and, and trust the process of uh, allowing yourself to explore and, and, and make things out of it and just follow the system. Yeah. And I, I quite like that, that concept of the weaker want, cause you're, you're actually as a creator, you're reconnecting with, you know, why you decided to go into it in the first place and, and sort of like an idea generation week. So yeah, almost like resets the, the sort of thinking around it. And um yeah, one of the things that I was actually curious it was um, where can people find the if, for example, if they want to like go a bit deeper with the mental state side of stuff, where can they find a bit more about that? Yeah, if they were to uh, DuckDuckGo, Cadavy, uh, Seven Mental States, they would find probably a Medium post and then also a um, a podcast episode, which would probably be on Cadavy.net. Uh, that would uh, give them a decent overview of that. It's something that I've written about a couple times, and I'm currently trying to um, integrate that into uh, book form. Ah, okay. That would be yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> and um, w- when people are uh, looking for you on social media, where can where can they find I'm you? I'm at Cadavy K A D A V Y on Twitter, on Instagram, Cadavy uh, Author on Facebook. So those are some places to find me. And um, uh, my blog is at cadavy.net. And um, if if they're interested in learning more about the tools that I use, uh, actually, when I moved down to Columbia, I was tracking my word count. And uh, one year over the next, my word count was four times the previous year. And so I have a little toolkit basically explaining the different tools that I use that I rely upon to be creative. That's at academy.net slash tools. Oh, perfect. Well, I'll, I'll link that up because <laughs> yeah, I just be realized cool it's see. perfect for this um, podcast. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So super relevant. And, uh, and I, I do recommend um, everyone listening along to check out obviously the podcast, uh, love your work. Um, some specific episodes with um, Jason Freed, Seth Godin, um, and Noah Kagan, but the one you mentioned with David Allen, I think will be super relevant. So no, David, thanks for taking the time out to do this one. Francesco, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Are you a subscriber on the Keep Productive YouTube channel? If not, you'd love it. Software reviews and news. Just search for Keep Productive on YouTube for weekly videos. Thanks for listening to the Tools They Use podcast, a Keep Productive production. See you next time.